It's really important to just stay in your own game and stay focused on what you want to be bringing to life and not giving up, you know, trusting that it's all going to work out the way it's meant to and it's just going to take a little bit of time. Welcome back. You are listening to Let It Out, the podcast hosted by me, Katie Dalebout. And I interview the coolest people that I can find, people that are inspiring, fascinating, interesting. They're artists, they're entrepreneurs, they're creatives, they're my friends, they're people doing cool things, people just living their lives that I want to get to know because I think everybody has a story to tell. So this week's episode is actually a return guest. I have Natalie McNeil. She is a author, a speaker, a writer, a creative person, an entrepreneur. She's really cool. And you know what? I I just re-listened to this episode and I love me some Natalie McNeil. I just, I almost forgot how great she is and how awesome she is. And then I listened to this episode and I remembered, oh man, I love her. She's just so sweet and nice and insightful and there's so much goodness in this episode. We talk about personality tests and Myers-Briggs and entrepreneurship and creativity and writing and relationships. We talk about food. We talk about a lot about productivity and it's just a great conversation. I really think you're going to enjoy it. We talk a bit about the Conquer Club in this episode but if you are an entrepreneur or want to be an entrepreneur, definitely check it out. It's launching right now. So check out the link in the description and everything you need will be there. There's a free course you can try just to see if the Conquer Club is right for you. But it's really amazing. And like I said, I love Natalie. So just check that out. If you're curious, I mentioned that we talk about Myers-Briggs personality tests. And since recording this episode, I took my assessment and got really into it one night, like late at night. I was just like taking personality tests and learning, watching all these videos about my personality type. And I am an ENFP. So if you are into Myers-Briggs, you will know what that means. And it's, it's an interesting personality type. It's the one that I'm technically extroverted, but I'm the least extroverted of the extroverts. So I need a lot of internal time. So it's kind of like what we were talking about this episode of kind of being in between introverted and extroverted. So anyway, I think that stuff is fascinating. I love personality types and astrology and anything where I can learn information about myself. I don't know. I don't know if that makes me narcissistic or if it just makes me a human that's interested in the human experience and I like having information about myself, not to be a victim of it, but just to learn how to navigate my experience a little bit more in the world. Anyway, I'm going to get right into this episode. We have just the one interview today and you know what? I'm going to just actually let next week's guest be a surprise. 
I'm usually telling you who it's going to be at the end of the episode, but this time, you know, we're just going to make it a wild card for a couple of reasons. Because A, I want you to trust me as your curator of inspirational interviews or fun interviews, interesting interviews, fascinating interviews. Just trust me that next week's going to be really great. I have so many great ones on my computer right now just waiting to be aired and I'm not actually sure which one I want to put out so I wanted to record this intro right now and I'm not actually sure which one I'm going to put out so just hang tight and promise to come back next week and be surprised. It's kind of nice to be surprised, right? Anyway, if you haven't checked out my book, Let It Out, A Journey Through Journaling, I would so love it if you bought a copy for yourself, for someone else. It's a great way to support the podcast and a great way to check out my work. So let me know if you have been reading it and have been doing the journaling exercises. Please take a photo of the book. I have loved seeing all of the photos of my book all over the world using the hashtag let it out book or when you're listening to the podcast using the hashtag let it out pod. It's so cool to see a little piece of me all over the world in these different places. I, I wish that I was actually there hanging out with you guys, but I feel like I sort of am by my book being on your bookshelf or my podcast being in your headphones. It's really cool and it builds a lot of community. And speaking of community, a great way to build it through this podcast is through the Facebook group. So there's a Facebook group for people who listen to the podcast and there's so many cool people in that group. I love being inspired by the things that are posted in there and having conversations in there. So Definitely, definitely join the Facebook group if that's something that you would be into. I love it. And a great way to keep in touch with me is to sign up for my email list. That's how you'll know when new episodes are coming out or if I'm traveling to your city and we do a little meetup or a live episode or if I have a new vlog out because I've been vlogging my travels and different things I've been doing. So anyway, that would be a great place to keep in touch with me is on my email list and then also, on the internet, I can be found at Katie Dalebout on Instagram and Twitter and Snapchat. And I've really been liking Twitter lately, so make sure you're following along there. All right, I'm going to get right on into this episode. If you do want to support the show, one last thing I forgot, definitely leave a review on iTunes. I know it seems silly, but it really does help a lot. I really want to be able to grow the show. If you think that the show provides value, if you like it, listening each week if you just want more of it so I can keep doing it please leave a review and more than that just subscribe on your iPhone telephone or your Android or whatever subscribe 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 it's so helpful and the more people that subscribe the more I can keep doing the show and maybe it helps you maybe it helps you feel less alone maybe it helps you have something to do on your commute maybe you just like it for some odd reason. I don't know. Not that you have to be a really weird person to like the show, but we're all kind of weird, right? Anyway, this is so rambly, but that's what podcasts are. They're ramble time, so I'm going to get right on into it. You'll hear a few Wellness Wonderland references because this was recorded a couple months ago before my book came out, and I changed the name of the podcast officially to let it out, but that's okay. It's, It's all the same stuff, just a different name. It's all semantics. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Natalie, and I will talk to you guys soon. So, Natalie, I am 
so excited to have the Natalie McNeil of She Takes on the World and the Conquer Kit back in the Wellness Wonderland. Thank you so much for being here. And start in by telling us how you are doing with all the success of your book. And since you've been back, since the last time you were on the show, so much has happened in your life. So how are you doing really? How have you been handling (laughs) all the success? That's what I really want to know first. I am trying to think when I was on the show. Was it two years ago now? I think it was I, over two years ago. I okay. Think it's been like, a lot has happened. A lot. <laughs> a lot has happened. So how am I handling it all? I am just coming off of like eight weeks of being on a book tour. So quite honestly, I'm feeling more drained than I have in a really long time. And I am very good at self-care when I'm on the road. I still fuel myself with good food and my green smoothies and my green juice and I still do my meditation every day and yoga, but it just slowly sort of chisels away at you. And after several weeks of really early mornings and late nights and hundreds of interviews and media appearances and being at live events and surrounded by people, I feel like I am more depleted than I have been in a really long time. So for the next six weeks, I'm going to be very focused on my overall health and well-being and also documenting that journey as well. So I'm going to document all of it with the naturopathic team that I work with because there's a lot of little things that I do to optimize my energy. So the reason why I'm still able to to keep going right now because I still have a busy schedule even though the the book tour is done, it really is the result of the rituals that I have in my life and the habits and I'm putting that all together for a little series just to show people some of those things that I do. You know, I do vitamin uh, IV drips. I do a lot of uh, supplements. I eat a very um, balanced diet and I don't want to say a strict diet because it's not strict at all and I believe in, you know, everything in moderation, but I I just make choices that are going to fuel my body. So there's a lot of these little like health uh, hacks that really have kept me going. Mm, I love that. That's so Wellness Wonderland of you. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, of course. I'm really excited about that series and I'm excited to share it. I think that that's that's great. And thanks for being vulnerable and sharing that because I think it you do do so much that it would be weird if you didn't feel run down after a book tour. You know, I think that that's such a huge thing and and being the extroverted like outspoken face of your brand and and your company that's you know par for the course to have that travel but I think travel is is tough on anyone's nervous system and and setting yourself up for success with that is so crucial Yes, and I'm done with extroversion right now. Yeah, you can go <laughs> back like, into your I'm cave. A total, I'm a total introvert right now. Um, all I want to do is like stay inside and be all alone. And that's actually been one of the hardest things about the last eight weeks. And it hasn't just been the last eight weeks, actually. It's really been the last six months that have been so full on. And I haven't 
sort of let myself get that drained in a while, but there wasn't really anything else that I could take off of my plate. And I find that the last time I felt like this, maybe three, four years ago, I didn't have the team that I have now. The relationships that I've built and that means so much to me at this point, I have to be very mindful of because as I feel like I need to take some time for introspection and to really just focus on, you know, making sure that I'm supercharged because we also have a, a big year ahead. I actually have another book that comes out in uh, November 2016. So it's like two in a 12 month period, which oh, is a wow. little crazy. Um, also with Penguin Random House. So I feel like I really need to get my energy back up as soon as possible. And what I'm finding most difficult right now is that I think I'm highly irritable in the relationships that I'm in. And of course, they mean a lot to me. And I have this team now. So I'm just trying to, you know, keep myself in check and also recognizing that I probably just need to go away for a week and be alone and (laughs) not be around anybody just so that I have time and space to really reflect on all of it. So I'm a big believer in having to pause and reflect on everything that's happening when you're going through those stages of up-leveling in your life. Oh, totally. Yeah, I can, I completely understand and, and agree. What about with, have you taken the Myers-Briggs like test or whatever? Are you, do you fall more extroverted or introverted? I am a total ambivert, like completely in the middle, like absolutely in the middle. I, can definitely be out there and I do get energy from being in those crowds, from keynoting um, big business engagements or big events. I love that. But at the same time, after that, I do feel the need to just totally retreat. And I think part of it, I've realized this over the last eight weeks or so that I've been on the book tour and I've been doing a lot more speaking engagements. A lot of event organizers have been saying, you know, I've never actually seen a speaker leave the stage and then go out and like sign every book and talk to every single person individually. Like that is crazy. And I guess I just didn't realize that that's something that means a lot to me. And I think it's a big part of my brand is that I want people to feel like, they have that connection to me. I want people to feel like, you know, I'm right there with them. I don't want to leave a stage and then run away. That just doesn't feel very good to me. And it doesn't feel like it's, it's how I want people to be interacting with my brand, if that makes sense. So Mm -hmm. when I'm out there at these events, like I really do give it my all, like I am a hundred percent And because I do that, and sometimes it takes me several hours to talk to everyone and to sign all those books, then I feel like, okay, now for the next 24 hours, I feel like I want some downtime. But what's been happening is that I haven't got that through the book tour. You know, it's been every single day. So like people, people, people. And now I'm like, okay, I need, I need my space. Yeah. 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 I think I... I you have to like make now you're gonna have to like make up for that space that you didn't get and take some like <laughs> exactly. elongated space but you have so much coming up. I I think that we 
all probably, you know, or I, I've been thinking about this a lot. I always, people just assume I'm an extrovert because of what I do and like how I like to talk to people and, and that sort of thing. But, you know, with that test, it's more about where you get your energy. And I find that, like you were saying, I really get my energy through both. You know, if I spend too much time alone and I'm, like, working from home and I haven't seen people and it's winter, I'm like, ah, stir crazy and I need to see people. (laughs) Yes. But at the same time, if I'm around people a ton, sometimes that can energize me. But also I feel like I need to, like, be alone and take a bath and, like, not talk to people for a while, too. Absolutely. I think we yes. all kind of have have some of that. So congrats on the second book. I didn't know that. That is so exciting. Yay. <laughs> well, the third yeah, book. Yeah, it's like but... 11. Yeah, so it's 11 months after The Conquer Kit that this next one uh, comes out. So it's kind of, yeah, there's a lot to do. So I need to finish that now. I'm just so you're in writing the final that now? stages. Yeah, it's, uh, wow. it's close to being done. And then I'll probably have... The one after that come out about a year after this one. So it's like three books in a very tight period of time. But I mean, it was such an amazing opportunity. I love my, I love my publisher and I just, amazing. I'm not going to not do it. Yeah, that's so amazing. So is it a similar concept to The Conquer Kit? Yeah. So the next book is called Conquer Your Year and it breaks the Conquer Kit down into the day to day. So the Conquer Kit is meant to give you a 12 month plan and then Conquer Your Year takes all of that and breaks it down into um, this is what you have to do next and here's how you stay on track every day. It's almost like having a coach and accountability partner. Oh my gosh. In a book. So it's meant to help you actually achieve everything that you've set out to achieve in the Conquer Kit. So I'm having a lot of fun with that one right now. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's everything that I've wanted. So I really create these products selfishly for myself because the the Conquer Kit, I've been using that process since 2010. And it's worked for my own business and then we gave it to our Conquer Club members and then everyone's like, this needs to be a book. So now instead of having all these sheets in a binder like me and my clients do, now we have it as a book. So it'll be same with this. Yeah, exactly. So it was all, it was all selfish. I love (laughs) that. That is so cool. That is so cool. So let's take a step back um, for people, new people listening to the show. I highly suggest going back to my first episode with Natalie. And that was actually the first conversation that we ever had. But we, I don't know if you remember this. Well, I'm sure you do. But we, it was the first conversation we ever had. So you'll get to know her. And then afterwards, you stayed on and talked to me for like three hours and you were so nice and you helped me and we became such good friends and I ended up going to visit you in Canada and it was so much fun and we had like the best time we did so many fun things together I actually stayed on the She Takes on the World set it was so amazing and we've (laughs) like stayed close friends from afar ever since and we're actually we actually live pretty close but yeah it's it's interesting because you know, I love podcasting so much. It's really, I think podcasting is the new networking. It's such a great way. And you're way so to, good at it. You thank are you. So good at it. Thank you. Um, it's such a great way to really connect with people and meet people because you get to ask them things that you're curious about. And, and you know, back then, even 
since then, my podcast has grown quite a bit and there's a lot more people listening. But really, just what you were saying about the book and making what you wish existed for the book and what you wanted, I do the same thing with the podcast, asking what I'm curious about. And and with my book as well, you know, the journaling book really was built out of my need and want of people to have this tool that was so powerful in my own life. And so I think that just really speaks to making products and art that is what you want to see in the world. And I think that that's so important for creativity. And Elizabeth Gilbert talks about in her recent book, Big Magic, about instead of creating things that you think will help people, create things that have helped you and then that will help people. And that Absolutely. that's a big shift for people. Yes. Yeah. So I just I love that. Yeah, I love that. That's just really helpful. So let's take a step back a little bit and, and talk a little bit about the Conquer Kit. So I know you, you talked about it a little bit and kind of how it came to be, but can you get into the nuts and bolts of it a little bit more for people who might not be familiar? Yeah. So the Conquer Kit is a creative business planning workbook. And I think for a lot of us, we are so creative and a traditional business plan just doesn't do it for us. It doesn't feel good. And I wanted a business plan that felt organic and intuitive and fun and creative. And that's what the Conquer Kit is. So I invite readers to sketch and scribble and cut and paste and draw all over the pages to create their business plan. And it's a 12-month plan and you don't even have to have the business yet. This could be something that you're just thinking about as a side project. Maybe you want to bring a podcast to life. Maybe you want to start a blog. You want to create something that hasn't existed before. You can use this book to do just that. And inside the book, we start off with mindset because that's really the foundation of all success. You have to have a great mindset if you're going to achieve anything. So we start there and then we look at why you really want what you want and how your goals are aligned with everything that you're doing in your life. And then we dive into some of the the more businessy things like money and your marketing plan and your product plan. And then we wrap it up by creating the 12-month plan that will drive everything that you're doing for the next year. Cool. It is so cool. It's such a great tool. I'm so glad it exists. Yay. Me too. I mean, like I said, I have been doing this process since 2010 on my own. So it was nice for me to be able to create my 2016 plan inside this book. It's like, yes, this is what I've wanted for so long. And, you know, even though I run a seven figure company now, I still use this process. And that's what a lot of people have been asking me on the tour. They're like, do you really actually use this? I mean, you seem like the type of person who would still write a like quote unquote real business plan. And I'm like, this is a real business plan. And yes, I do still use it. Like this yeah. is this is my baby. Yeah, that's so great. It wouldn't be an integrity of you if you didn't use it, knowing you. Exactly. And so it's really great to, to hear about this all from you. And like I said, like you're this amazing big sister to me who's always been so kind. And so with this launching process, um, what has it been like? What have you learned from yourself other than the travel and what we kind of talked about earlier? But, you know, with everything that you've had to do, all the moving parts, all of the media, um, any 
insights into that? I would love to know personally, and I think it's interesting for everyone to hear. I think I learned how much of a runway you really need to bring something like this to life. And I think that people underestimate the amount of time that goes into something like this. And that's actually been one of the biggest lessons to me. So when my first book came out in 2011, I actually started, no, it wasn't 2011, it was 2012. When it came out in March 2012, I started working on the Conquer Kit pretty much right after. And I had a list of my dream agents that I wanted. I had talked to some of them. They told me about where I needed to be at in my business and with my online following before they would actually take a proposal for me. So then I was like, okay, I know what I need to do for the next 12 months. I need to get to this level. I need to be working on the proposal. And I just kept in touch with these agents. I did end up landing my dream agent. Her and I went back and forth for almost a year on the proposal because she wanted it to be the most perfect proposal that was going to make the world's top publishers enter a bidding war for this book. And I'm like, if you think that could happen, okay, I'm trusting you. Um, So we worked on it for a year. Then we were actually out um, pitching. And actually the, the pitching part, it didn't take long before there was indeed multiple publishers interested. And then from there, it was over a year before it actually got published. So it's 2016 now, and I started this back in 2012. So it has taken a very long time for this to come to life. And your dreams are always worth it. Your your goals and these desires that you have like rooted so deeply in your soul they're all worth the time and effort to bring to life. Even if you have something in your mind and you're like, oh, I may not be able to do this in the next two years. Like, I don't know if I would be able to get to this point where I'd be able to bring this to life. Like, they're all stepping stones, I find. And you've just got to be patient with the process. Um, You know, Marianne Williamson says those who know the outcome can afford to wait and wait without anxiety. And I think just learning that patience and just trusting that it's all unfolding as it's supposed to and knowing that sometimes really great things need a very, very long runway before they're going to be able to take off and fly. I think those have been some of the, the big lessons that have come out of creating this book. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I feel the same way. My book process took a very long time as well. And that's like my favorite, one of my favorite quotes ever. The one that you just said, I I love that. And I think it's such a great lesson to apply, obviously, to launching something and writing a book or starting anything, uh, but also just in life in general. It's about patience. It's about trusting the universe. It's about surrender. It's about letting go. And so I think it's a great lesson that can be applied really everywhere, which is awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Good things can sometimes take a little bit of time. And I think when we're, when we're younger, I know this has been the case for me. I often am looking at people who are much older than me. And those were always the people that I was comparing myself to. And I'm like, why am I not at that level yet? And I would have mentors be like, you're not at that level yet, Natalie, because you're like 20 years younger than the person that you're comparing yourself to right now. Like, geez, give yourself a little bit of credit. 
And it's really important to just stay in your own game and stay focused on what you want to be bringing to life and not giving up, you know, trusting that it's all going to work out the way it's meant to. And it's just going to take a little bit of time. And I think especially when we're younger, we need to hear that message because I talk to too many young people who just give up because they're like, I, I'm thrown in the towel. This is just, this is so stressful and it's going to take me years to build an audience to this point to get a book deal. I actually have friends who have been in that position where they really wanted to do a book and I was one of the ones who actually stuck it out all the way through. And to get that dream book deal with the world's biggest publisher, that's who I wanted to work with. Um, that was like seven years of blogging very consistently, blogging, creating content, like building a company around this website she takes on the world. So it's been a very long journey, but I consistently kept going. I stayed the course and you'll always be rewarded for just continuing to walk that path that is appearing in front of you. Mm, Yeah. I think that that comparison can be so toxic and can really take us out if we listen to it. And it's about understanding that it's just an something that shouldn't be listened to and shouldn't be fed and trying to move away from it. And this, this actually ties really well to a question. We'll, we'll shift into some questions that, um, listeners asked in the Facebook group. And if you haven't joined the Facebook group yet, join the Facebook group, because a lot of times I'll, like I did today, post that I'm about to interview someone and then you can ask questions and I will ask them like I'm about to, but somebody asked a question that I think is really, and I was going to ask actually a similar question, which is how, when you're having it, when you're trapped in that comparison, like you were just talking about, or you're having a bad day just, you know, other than that, or you're in a slump of some sort, how do you shift out of that? And the way that they actually um, phrased it, I'll read it here. She says, ask her how she deals with, um, this is, this might take it on a little different tangent, but that's okay. How she deals with customers that have negative comments about her product or service. I get really upset and feel like crap all day. How does she not let it bother her and keep moving forward? So really, I think the question is, how do you keep moving forward, whether it's comparison, whether it's a negative comment from a customer, whatever it is, how do you keep moving forward? Yeah, I think there's a there's a few different elements to that. So I believe that when you constantly compare yourself to other people, you are turning your back on your own unique talents and gifts. Mm. And when I reframe it that way, it always helps me to shift my perspective of the situation. So knowing that if I'm just focused on what I need to do, what my whispers are telling me, you know, your life is always whispering to you. If you are trusting your own inner voice and trusting that guidance you're receiving and those are the things that you're working on, I know that that's what I am supposed to be doing and that what everyone else is doing really doesn't matter at all. And it's a matter of like putting on those blinders. Yeah. When... You have other people who are criticizing you in any way. And oftentimes the criticism will come because they're comparing themselves to you. That's what I find a lot of the time. And there will be 
there will be jealousy there or, you know, you, you just have to realize that what other people think about you is really none of your business. And it's really not your problem. It's usually always their problem. Now, sometimes there are pieces of constructive criticism that we'll get that we are paying attention to. And we're looking at who is giving us the constructive criticism. You know, if it's a a longtime client and they're saying, hey, I would actually love for you to do it this way instead, or I didn't like this because I didn't really understand it. I think you could have explained it better. You know, those are things that we're like, okay, awesome. Thank you so much for letting us know because those are the things that help us get better. Oftentimes the really like mean and nasty criticism is always about the other person. It has nothing to do with you. And there's really nothing that you can, you can take from that. You know, there's really no gem that you can take out of something that's like really, really nasty. So that's the way I look at it. And now I have somebody who deals with that for me. So now that I have a team, I don't look at any of that. So all customer support, I am a hundred percent out of because I don't want to have to get sucked in to that black hole of negativity. So I think, you know, I don't know if the person asking the question has a business that's like up and running already. It sounds like maybe she does. When you get to that point where there is some revenue there, I think one of the best things that you can do is hire a virtual assistant, hire someone to start taking some of that off your plate so that you don't have to deal with it. And then the last thing I'll say is don't go out looking for the criticism. You know, this is another big mistake I see people make. I don't go and read every single review that people submit for my book on Amazon and on Barnes and Noble or on any of those sites on Goodreads. That's not what I care about. So people who are like book reviewers and people who are, you know, in the media who have covered the book. So I had a feature in Elle magazine for the Which Conquer was amazing. kid. And thank you. Congrats. That was that was big. So those are the kinds of things that I'll actually read and I'll I'll ask people about, you know, what they liked about the book or what they didn't like. Those are the kinds of situations or the kind of people that I will take some constructive criticism from, but not not people who are just randomly talking about me on a website or leaving a nasty comment, but not even leaving their real name. I just don't pay attention to any of that. And I don't go looking for it. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of people who just get addicted to actually going and finding everything so that they know what's out there and they know what's being said. And I just trust that it has nothing to do with me. And I just totally let it go and separate myself from it. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And I want to like react to a couple things that you said and just pick up on there. So you had mentioned to me hiring a virtual assistant a long time ago. And I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll get there someday. I'll get there someday. And I haven't told you this, but I have the most amazing assistant and podcast producer. And it has transformed everything. Shout out, Amanda. It is (laughs) 
so amazing. So I just like really it's such a positive thing for to invest in that way and to invest in, in good people and, and having a team, even if it's just one person like I have or, or you know, as you grow multiple people like like Natalie has, I think it's just really, really amazing and helpful and will help you grow in a way that you can't do on your own. And just having that support of another person is is fantastic and I think it's really helpful as a solo entrepreneur. Yes, absolutely. And then the other thing with comparison, I just wanted to say this line. So my mom always said to me when I was younger, even with comparison, is concern yourself with you. Concern yourself with you. There's even a tool in my book called the Concern Yourself With You tool to help shift people (laughs) out of comparison because it can be this like negative spiral. And so just use that as a mantra, people. Concern yourself with you. Love it. Yeah. So, all right. So let's do some more questions. So this one comes from Lindsay and she writes, what is the most common hurdle that you witness for female entrepreneurs in particular? And how do you advise working through it? Um, And then she says, of all of the successful female entrepreneurs that you have worked with, are there any guiding traits or skills that they appear to have in common? Great questions. That is a great question. So one of the biggest things that I see with women entrepreneurs when I compare women entrepreneurs with men who are starting businesses is a real lack of confidence and a lot of doubt in her own ability to actually build a business and to actually achieve success. And it's a really big problem. I don't have the answer on how we solve it. I think things like the Conquer Club, which is my business incubator for women entrepreneurs, um, being surrounded by the right people. I think all of those things can really help, but I don't know what that overarching answer is, unfortunately, but I see that gap there. I see that confidence gap. And I think to start bridging it, we are going to need a lot more mentorship there. And one of the other things that I see is probably trying to do everything. So I think women have a really hard time saying no. It's like, yes, 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 yes. And I find that women find it hard to spend the amount of time that it's going to take to build their business or their brand. And they're always letting other things or other people distract them. So for example, um, a few of the women that are in the Conquer Club, more than a few, I've noticed were just getting distracted by other people's business, other people's agendas, and always putting other people first. And I always put myself first on my calendar every day. When I'm done with my yoga, meditation, exercise, all that fun stuff, and I've taken care of me, then I take care of creating. So I ask myself, like, what is the thing that I'm going to do today that is going to matter a year from now in my business? What is that thing that I have to get done today? And I'll do that first before I dive into emails from people with requests for me or, you know, as women, I think we get a lot of 
we get a lot of requests from friends and family members and we're always asked to we're always being asked to do things and you have to get comfortable saying no to the things that aren't serving your bigger picture goals and dreams and look sometimes it's a great opportunity that comes along or you really do want to help or it's a volunteer gig that you are really passionate about. But what I get people to do inside the Conquer Kit is to set your five bigger picture goals for the next 12 months. And then you break those down into five milestones. So you need five milestones that are going to keep you on track toward every goal. And then that gives you five times five. So 25 milestones that you're working toward for the year. And I have a a fun like grid that you fill out for this. And I put that on my wall. And whenever requests come in, whenever someone asks me to do something, to go for a coffee, to do lunch, I'm always looking at that and saying, am I on track toward these 25 things that I need to do for me and for my business and for what I really want to accomplish this year? And it's amazing the clarity you get when you just have 25 things that you're working on for the year ahead. And when I can see that, it makes it a lot easier for me to say no to the things that aren't going to serve that bigger picture. And I think those are some of the biggest mistakes that I see. And I do find that women just have a very hard time saying no. Mm. And I love, I'll add in, um, I just love the quote from my friend Danielle Laporte. And she says that the a no thank you let me get this right yes a no thank you today will lead to the right yes tomorrow Mm. and I think that's a really good mantra to have for your own life especially if you are a woman entrepreneur yeah I completely agree and I love that quote from Danielle Laporte so much too so will you tell us the one of your 25 things, maybe the one that you're most excited about, about this year? Ooh, so one of my big picture goals this year is that I'm launching a new company. It's been in the works for a couple years now. And one of the milestones for that was to do all of the voiceover. So the company is called Soul Seconds. And it's meditations, mudras, and mindfulness for busy people. So creating mudras and inspiration and meditations that can be done in very short bursts of time. So the one of the milestones for that was getting all the voiceovers done in the studio so that we could move forward on creating the video content. And so I just passed that milestone today. So that would be an example of a milestone. Yay. And what you have to do with the milestones is do a brain dump of every task associated with that milestone. And then those are the things that you actually schedule. So when you have these 25 milestones, it gives you that eagle eye vision of the 12 months ahead and what you really want. And then you have to break all of those down, but you don't have to break them all down for the whole year. I usually do that in like three month chunks. So for the next three months, I'm looking at what milestones am I going to be able to conquer in the next three months? And then I do a brain dump of all the tasks associated with them and then get those into a project management system. Cool. That is so cool. That's my process. And you use Asana? 
I do use Asana. I love Asana. I know some people like Trello. Um, with all our design stuff, we usually use Basecamp as well. So with my design team, I'll use Basecamp, but I'm Asana for pretty much everything. Cool. Very cool. Love it. And I feel bad. You were recording all day and now you're recording more. <laughs> no, it actually, it worked out well. And because I've just done so many interviews and events over the last eight weeks, I feel like uh, I've really done a good job at training my voice. I mean, I've done voice training before, but this was an opportunity for me to really put all of <laughs> those practices uh, to work. Yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah, when you do voice training, like it really, it really does help. There were a few days in a row, like in January, where I was definitely losing my voice. Um, but no, I'm good. I could I could do this all day. Good. Amazing. Well, I'm having a <laughs> talk blast. To people all I could day. talk to you all day for sure. <laughs> so that that leads nicely to this next question. This person watches your videos and loves your content and she asks Thank you. Yeah, she asks, <laughs> How does she remember her daily affirmations during the day? I have an alarm on my phone, but once I get used to it, I just click it and I don't even notice it. Oh, I really that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so great. Um, as I build out the Soul Seconds app that's going to be part of this Yay. new I feel like I'm we're getting creating. so many exclusive, like, exciting things. I have not talked about this anywhere. You guys are, like, the wellness, uh, exclusive. <laughs> wellness Wonderland VIPs here. So I'm working on an app that kind of helps to solve that. I like to set alarms, but I have my – so I get what – you're saying by just turning it off. And this is why I will actually set a song or I'll record myself the mantra and I put that on my phone because of course you can choose any ringtone that you want for your alarm clock. So what I'll do is I'll put a mantra track and I'll set the alarm for like sometime midday and I'll also record myself sometimes. So I'll record myself, especially if I know I'm going to be super stressed out, I'll be like, Natalie, just calm the fuck down. Everything is fine. Everything's going to be okay. Like, let's take three deep breaths together right now, Natalie. And I'll put that as the alarm. So when it goes off, I hear myself going, hey, you, calm the fuck down. Let's take a few deep breaths. And that's a lot harder to ignore than if it's just a, a text that comes up and says, you should be doing this or here's your mantra for today. So leave yourself little love notes and then set those as alarms. I think it's a it's a better system. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> and that's so funny. I I love that so much. And it, I've totally been there too when it's like, oh, yeah, I know I should do that, but I, I got to get through this email right now, you know? <laughs> so you just like let it go. No, that's so good. Yeah, because then it's just like me talking to myself. Like I record these little love notes for future Natalie and I usually end up laughing at them because sometimes they're really funny because it's just, you know, how I – no one else has to hear them so I can I can say whatever I want. Yeah. It's quite comical. Well, it's funny. Actually, recently I was talking to my friend Jordan, um, who people know from the podcast, Jordan Bach, and he, he actually talked about this in his episode because we were talking about journaling with my book. And one of his favorite ways to journal is actually voice journaling. And he'll walk around New York City 
pretending like he's on the phone, but he's really voice journaling and like brain dumping as he's walking. And that's the only way I can write. Really? Yeah. And so it's really effective. You know, some people process that way through like having a conversation with a friend and that might be a really great way to journal for people is you know, through talking it out because really you're writing like you speak when you're when you're journaling. So it reminds me of that. Exactly. Yeah. I love doing that and I do a lot of dictation and then I get it transcribed and then I'll edit from there. It's basically how I have to write. I don't like just sitting in front of a computer and trying to get all the words out. I like to be able to speak it out and then go back and edit later. That's so good. That's, it's interesting. I wanted to – I'm still going to ask you more questions from listeners, but I another question I had on here that I wanted to ask you with my book coming out being about journaling, I wanted to ask you if you have ever journaled or have any experience with journaling and has it been an effective tool in your life and if you can just talk about that a little bit. Yes, I journal a lot, although I realize now that I journal a lot when – I'm on the airplane. So I'm on a lot of airplanes and this is like my special sacred time. So usually on the plane, I watch movies and I journal. And I hate that some planes are starting to get Wi-Fi because I don't want to be able to get Wi-Fi on the airplane. Like I I liked it better when there was just no chance of getting Wi-Fi on the plane because they didn't have Wi-Fi. You're like up in the air and there's there's nothing you can do but disconnect. Like you're forced to. So I noticed that when I read back on my journals from the last couple years, it sounds like I have the greatest life in the world because I, there's so many entries that are just like 2, 12, 14. Uh, Okay, so I am on a plane. (laughs) I just got brought a glass of champagne. I'm in my gorgeous like sky pod looking out the window and journaling and I'm about to put this movie on and like here's what's going on in my life. So it actually, it makes it seem like my life is way cooler than it really is because I'm always in some like exotic place Mm -hmm, or (laughs) doing something fun. But I do a lot of journaling on Uh, the plane. And then I do a lot of like day-to-day journaling. The Conquer Kit is really a journal for your business. Yeah, That's what that is. And that's something that I work with every day. The planning system that I've created for our members, and now that's going to be the next book, this Conquer Your Year book, um, that's also kind of like a journal, but it's taking scheduling and planning and turning that into a journal. So I I do a lot of different types of journaling, I would say, throughout the day. And I need that practice in my life. I need to write. I also do a lot of um, stream of consciousness writing. So after uh, meditation, I will often just put pen to paper and not let myself take the lift the pen from the paper so I just continue to write for like five minutes straight and I love looking back at those entries too so I have these like different journals for different areas and aspects of my life Mm. and my business cool very cool yeah I remember us talking back when um the conquer kit was just an idea it wasn't actually a book quite yet and same thing with my book and us talking about the similarities of you know yours being a journal for the business and mine is the journal for the mind and like a scavenger hunt for your mind and yours is kind of for the business and it was it's a good pairing 
I love it. So another question that somebody asked, which is a great one, she says, this is from Erin, and she says, what time management advice do you have? When you are responsible for all the moving parts, it's difficult to stay focused and know when to move forward. Oh, that's a great one. That is a really good question. So there's so many pieces of productivity. Um, I think one of the most important things you can do is, first of all, get yourself on your calendar first. And it's this whole idea of eating the frog, you know, doing that one thing that you really don't want to do first. And I like to put my creation time first as well. So usually my morning is all about me. There's no emails involved. It's all about what I need to do to create, create content, create videos, create the things that are really driving the business forward. So I think your mornings should be spent on you if you can make that happen. And I also have been playing around a lot with your like health and diet and productivity and the times that you eat. So like getting super specific here. I've been doing all this like productivity hacking lately. So I could just talk about productivity forever. And with my, so with my naturopathic team that I'm working with right now, they have me do intermittent fasting. So intermittent fasting is 16 hours off of eating in a day and eight hours of eating. So usually in that eight hours of eating, you're having like two or three meals and it really, I mean, for a lot of people, it's not changing the eating too much. Um, it's just slight, not a lot of, well, I guess a lot of people do eat beyond the eight hour window in a day, but I found that it wasn't that difficult to adjust anyway. So when I get up in the morning, the only things that you really have are, you're actually still allowed to have coffee if you want to. Some doctors tell me I can still have my juice too. So I usually still like to do my juice in the morning and then I'll have coffee with the, um, it's like a bulletproof coffee. So it has the um, brain octane in it, which is basically an oil that's just a lot more potent than coconut oil would be. And there's some other supplements involved, but it really boosts your energy, I find. And I don't actually eat a breakfast beyond that, which was weird for me. And I fought this for so long because I'm like, I am a breakfast person. I need my breakfast when I get up. So doing this instead, I was like, I just, I'll give it a shot, but I don't really think this is going to do much for me. And it did. So huge increase in energy. And they, so their recommendation is that when you have to be productive, this is like my naturopathic team, guys, I'm not a doctor. This is not medical advice. Um, but they have me uh, have a smoothie or like a lighter, more liquidy meal when I want to be most productive. So you shouldn't have like a heavy carb meal or a bigger meal and then go off and do the things that really need to get done that day. So now the the peaks of my productivity throughout the day are timed nutritionally and I'll usually have a 
um, Vega all-in-one nutritional shake where it's sort of like a meal replacement. But if I have something really important to do, that's what I would have first. Um, and that way you can plan your productivity around your meals, which has been super fascinating for me to do. And this is taking me forever to answer. So I'm going to stop there because I could just talk about productivity for like a whole other hour. It's something that I'm working on for this series that I'm creating right now, which is the Superhuman Entrepreneur Series, where she takes on the world TV. And I'm going to actually go through all this stuff because I think it's important. And we live in such a busy world and we have such busy lives that actually planning out our day and planning out those periods of productivity around what matters most, I think is key to achieving all those things that we want to achieve. Cool. Yeah. No, that's sorry. Awesome. That was like the longest answer. No, ever. it's so good. It's so fascinating. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Well, there were a few more questions from people, but I really want to ask you my questions now. So you're going to just yes. have to come back and we'll get to, we'll get to those next time. I know you And I back. love your book cover, by the way. I'm looking at it oh, now. Oh, thank you. Yes, it's gorgeous. I think I did see that somewhere, but yes, I'm very excited about it. Okay, continue with your question. (laughs) Um, Okay, so let's do this one quick fire style. So this is two questions. So what is your, if you could give just one piece of advice for an entrepreneur that's just starting out, what would it be? And what advice would you give to an entrepreneur who is a bit more established? Maybe they've you know, been doing it on the side for a little while and want to take things to the next level. And how does that advice differ? When you're just getting started, you've got to figure out what you're going to focus on first. Because what a lot of people do is have all these different ideas. When you have that entrepreneurial mind, you're a creative person, you're always coming up with ideas. I believe that you can bring all those ideas to life eventually, not at the same time. And you should pick the one that has the most opportunities and gets you most excited first. And when that's working, then you can use the resources, you can use the revenue generated from that to invest in pursuing the other thing. So I think you need to get focused. For people who have had their business for a little while already and you're looking to take things to the next level, you absolutely need to hire someone onto your team even if that is just a virtual assistant who will take away some of the administrative stuff that you do for, you know, an hour a week or two hours a week. It can be just a very small block of time that you bring that person in for whatever you can afford. And I promise that that will free up time that will allow you to take things to the next level. Mm, So good. Love both of those. So what is the best advice you've ever gotten, not just in business and everything, and then the worst advice you've ever gotten? The best advice I've ever got was probably from myself. (laughs) No, the most, uh, that sounds really egotistical, but I wrote on a journal page one day when I was like 25 years old, I was like, from this point on, I always trust my own intuition. Like I just promised myself on a page of my journal that I was never going to doubt that again, that I was never going to let someone else's advice, even if they were way more experienced than me and way further ahead than me, if I thought that their advice was just not sitting well with me, I was not going to go against my own intuition and follow it because that did not serve me 
for those first years in my early 20s when I started my business. So that I think is the best piece of advice that I have, of course, got from other people. And then I will always have that page bookmarked in my journal from when I was 25 because it, it really was a turning point for me. Mm, I love that. The worst piece of advice I ever got was, and again, this is probably going to sound terrible too, but I'm going to be super honest here. When I was starting my business, I turned to a lot of successful women in business for mentorship. And I connected with some of them through my university. So some of them had been alumni. Some of them I got introduced to through other people. Anyway, I got a lot of advice around holding back my femininity. So in order to be successful, understanding that it was still a man's world, that I was going to have to play a man's game, that I was going to have to, you know, wear the, the suits and like not be too girly. Basically, they were telling me that I shouldn't really be myself. And I'm not like super girly, but they were basically telling me that I shouldn't be myself and that I needed to probably be more like a man to succeed. And I needed to be harder. Like I was too soft. I was too nice. And that was really bad advice. And I understand that a lot of that advice came from their own experiences, having to fight so hard to get everything that they were able to get in their careers because they had built their careers during a different time. And I do think that things are different now. And so their experiences led them to give me that advice, but it was really terrible advice. And it wasn't until I sat down with Ariana Huffington when I was like, I think I was 23 or 24. And she was sort of the first woman in a very powerful position, like the first woman leader who I admired so much that I sat down with who actually said, you know what? The best piece of advice that I could give you is to recognize that you don't have to be like a man to succeed and that you should stand in your feminine power and realize that that can create so much positive change in the world. And that's what I want to see your generation doing. So maybe that can be the best piece of advice mm, uh, so too. Good. But it was a huge turning point. Oh, so good. Both of that's all. I'm so glad you shared all of that. I'm just like taking it in. <laughs> <laughs> What's the biggest lesson or thing you've learned about relationships, all relationships in your life? All relationships. Or anything I mean, that comes Yeah, from. I think relationships are big investments that you make in your life. And what I have found about relationships is, one, you've got to surround yourself with the people who are going to raise you up. And I know all of you have heard that advice again and again and again. And maybe you have created that network around you already, and maybe you haven't. And you need to work on that, but you really are the sum of the people that you're spending the most time with. And it has been very challenging for me to cut the people out of my life who were the biggest naysayers, who didn't think that I should start my business and didn't really support me 
when I was pursuing my dreams, so hard to ever cut somebody out of your life. But it was also, those were also some of the best decisions that I've ever made, even though they were the hardest. And I do have a very small and close-knit group of people around me now, people that I really do let, really let in and get really close to me. And I'm very mindful of that now because I have this larger audience and I'm out in the world doing the work that I feel I'm meant to be doing. There is more pressure. There is more, you know, criticism sometimes. You're, you're just put on a, a bigger stage, I guess. And I just want to be super mindful about who those support people are around me that I can turn to. So I have done a lot of reflecting on relationships recently and it really is an investment too. Like I often will get so consumed by work and not, you know, not even check in with some of these people I care about so much for weeks. And I catch myself doing that and I'm like, that's, that's not okay. You know, like Natalie, Mm -hmm. let's, let's do better in that arena. So I'm trying, I'm working on it. And it's about finding, I think, that balance for me and finding, I guess, part of it for me in this journey and with my relationships has been surrounding myself with people who also understand what I'm doing and understand that there are going to be times when something comes up and that they can't be super angry at me or mad at me. And this is what was happening with the group of friends that I had at the In the earlier days of my business, there were a lot of people who would get so furious with me if something came up and I had to like be on set for longer when I was doing more production stuff or, you know, there was a fire that I had to put out and I was the one who had to put it out. There weren't, there wasn't a whole team that I could turn to and say, hey, I've got this really important function. Could you do this? It was on me and the people who couldn't understand that are probably not people who are in my life um, anymore for the most part, but it's about surrounding yourself with those people who who really get it and who aren't going to be like livid with you if something gets missed. And yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's a journey. I've been learning a lot about relationships lately, Katie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm just talking out loud here. It's been a no, lot of good. really good lessons because I've been so busy over the last six months. Yeah, I can imagine. And, and I'm, I'm going through that myself too. I think it's, it's interesting because I feel very almost unfocused. This is like me talking out loud now because I feel like I have to be doing so much right now or I'm choosing to do so much right now. And I can get really caught up in the – the emails and the keeping up with things that are really important like the nuts and bolts of things and so I feel like I'm doing all almost administrative stuff even though I do have someone helping me with a lot of it it, but I was telling you that I'm you know launching a website and the book and, and these things and so I have to focus on that and then I have to make a focus on my you know creativity and if that isn't happening I don't feel like I've done anything if I only, even if I'm very productive with administrative stuff if I'm not doing any creative stuff I don't feel fulfilled and then I also you know I'm taking care of myself and my health and then the relationship piece is kind of the last one down the hole and that also fulfills me and I want my 
social life to be fulfilling and be amazing as well. And so it's all about finding, making sure each of those buckets are filled, but also knowing that at different times in your life, one bucket's going to have more in it and that's okay. Just notice it and be aware of it and pivot, I think. Yeah, exactly. And I think you're exactly right. And sometimes like you're saying that relationship bucket is the one that was kind of getting ignored that you weren't really filling up. And I think that's how it was for me too. And you have to be surrounded by people who understand exactly where you're at. And I find that it's really helpful to, especially when you have your own business, have friends that are entrepreneurs or who have their careers as well. That is a priority. I find that they tend to be less angry when you're not filling that bucket as much. But, you know, right now I'm home for uh, a few weeks and I am filling that bucket. I am spending time investing in the relationships that are really important to me. And for the most part, people have just been excited that I'm home and can share with them, you know, what I've been up to because I have been away. But there are a couple people who have been like really peeved that I haven't been around for the last few months. But like, I actually haven't been around. I've been pretty much on planes and and out. Like I, it's not like anyone, I haven't really got to spend a lot of time with anybody. Yeah. Um, including my like partner of 10 years, you know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not intentionally trying to like ignore you in any Who's way. Who's amazing. I love him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell him hi. So, I will. So, okay, some last really fun questions. So five, you're having a dinner party and you can invite five people. Who would you invite? What would you make? What would you cook? And what do you hope someone turns and asks you at the dinner party? And what do you hope no one asks you because you just really don't want to talk about it at your fun dinner party? (laughs) What an interesting question. Um, You're such a great interviewer, Katie. Mm -hmm. So can they be any people that I want, like ever? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, At this present moment, I would like to sit down to dinner with, I'd like, I I really want to talk to Amelia Earhart right now. Um, So we're going to invite her. I I knew you were going to say that. Did you know that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I really love Amelia Earhart. So I need a little bit of Amelia time. So Amelia Earhart, um, I'd really like to talk to Hillary Clinton right now as well. So we're going to invite Hillary Clinton. Can they be fictional characters? Can I invite, like, Daenerys Targaryen from Game of Thrones? I want to know, like, what her plan is for conquering and claiming the Iron Throne. Yeah, Um, why not? (laughs) She's, like, my warrior archetype. So when Mm -hmm. I need to, like, tune into my warrior energy, she's sort of the visual that... I bring into my mind's eye and then like invite those qualities into my life so I can go out and be a warrior because that can be really uncomfortable when I need to like do battle, which happens sometimes in business. Nice. So I'll say her. Um, I'm going to invite you, Katie. Because yes. I haven't seen you in a while. So you get to come to my dinner with uh, Hillary and Amelia and uh, Daenerys. What do I wear to that? And, uh, <laughs> And because, you know, you've asked me the question, and I feel like you deserve a dinner invite right now. Yes. Who is the fifth person going to be? Hmm. 
I don't know. Katie, I'm going to give you a plus one. You're going to get a plus one. Who would you like to bring? I think we should bring your boyfriend because it's a very female-centered, it's a very female-centered cast of characters here, and he's going to be at your house, so, and he's awesome. And and he's a great cook, so I'm going to have Octavian cook for us. Um, What is he going to make? So he... Oh, he's so good at making so many things. He made me the most amazing latte with a little heart on it when I was visiting. So that was amazing. We can have those for dessert. He's, we'll have those for dessert. I'm going to get him to make um, a really good vegan curry, um, also with some tapas. He's really good at making tapas. So we'll do that. We'll just have like a, a huge Yum. spread of food. That is delicious and nutritious, and we'll have the the lattes at the end, and the he yes. makes this amazing, amazing um, vegan chocolate cake. So we'll we'll oh. end that. Amelia yeah. Earhart is going to be like, look, when I when I was around, yeah, we didn't. What is all this food? Like we, yeah, this is what is a latte? I this is not the way I ate, and like yeah. I just had plain black coffee. What's yeah, exactly? <laughs> what is with this stuff? And like vegan? Who's vegan? Yeah, um, what does that mean? To 2016 Amelia Earhart. So one of, so I guess I would just have a lot of questions for these people around leadership. I've been very interested in exploring leadership lately. So I love talking to people about leadership and about how they strive to be leaders. Um, Adventure. So lots of talk about adventure and what it means to be courageous. And I'm going to say that I wouldn't want to talk about work whatsoever. Work in like my work sense. So I want to talk to them about their work and their adventures, but I don't want anyone to ask me about my work right now. I would like to just direct the conversation. And this is a very strange dinner party, but I like it. Yeah, this me too. Fun. I think it would be really fun. <laughs> Maybe wind down with some, like, catchphrase after, like, a good board game or two. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I think we could play a board game. Um, I love Ticket to Ride. Ticket to Ride is one of my favorite board games. What is that? I'm going to have to look it up. I've never heard of it. One of my best friends is super into board games. Like, he writes a board game blog. Really? He's doing PhD in math. Yeah, he's, like, hardcore into board games and he gets all of the German board games which win all the big international awards so I find like the best of the best board games yeah maybe he needs to come too yeah maybe we'll have to he can be our sixth guest because he brings the best games so we'll we'll yeah I'm sure Amelia and Hillary and Daenerys will love to play board games and you can play and Octavian will probably still be cooking because I've just committed him to being the biggest meal. meal I'll help him. But... <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, it's too fun. I wish you were here now. I know. I know. Me too. Next time. Next time we'll play board games. Next time. Okay. Um, one more fun question. So you're trapped on a deserted island and you can bring with you one person, one TV show to binge watch, one movie, one book, and one food. Go. Oh, geez. Um... Book, uh, A Course in Miracles is like the book that I actually dive into every single day. So have to bring that. Um, although I love Think and Grow Rich too. Might have to sneak that one on. Oh, but that's on my phone. So if I can have my phone with me, then 
That'll be on my phone. <laughs> um, <laughs> food. I would bring my like Vega shake. That's kind of what I my that's what I do when I'm traveling. That's like the one thing that saves my life all the time. So if I could just have like an infinite supply of my Vega powder in vanilla chai, that would be kind of great because at least I know I'm getting my nutrition all the time. Um, what was the rest of the question? Oh, a person, mm -hmm. a person. Um, I don't know. I mean, in the mood, uh, the mood that I'm in right now, after coming off this book tour, I'd kind of like just, I'd kind of like to be alone on a deserted island right now. That's <laughs> the current mood. I'd, I'd love to be alone on an island where no one can reach me. So I'm not going to invite anybody. I'm going to be there all by myself. Nice. What about a movie or TV show? Oh, yes. Movie and TV show. Okay. So TV show uh, Suits and Scandal. I love Suits. I love Suits so much. I haven't been watching suits it in a long scandal. time, but I used to watch it all the time. I need to get back into it. So good. Lewis so good. is my favorite. Aw, he, he's starting to grow on me. So he did goofy. some shady things in the last season, oh, but no. I, I've forgiven him and I'm, I'm ready to like Lewis again. Okay. Um, movie. I have way too many movies. This Give is a couple. Suggest when you come from like producer background, you just end up loving oh, movies. Yeah, I forgot about so, that. So much. I'm trying to think of movies that I would actually watch again and again. There are very, very few. Um, I am a, I am a Star Wars fan. Those are, I feel like those are always fun and present some valuable lessons for being on a deserted island. Yeah. Uh, my guilty pleasure movie is How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Oh my gosh. We're watching it next time I come to visit. Which is like really it. embarrassing to even say that out loud because. I love that movie. It's so good. <laughs> I'm not usually a fan of rom-coms, but if I have to like watch a rom-com for the rest of my life, it would probably be that one. I do watch, um... Christmas Vacation every year at Christmas, Chevy Chase's Christmas Vacation. And Love Actually is another movie yeah. I've watched like a million times. But those are more around Christmas. They're really the yeah. only movies that I watch over and over again. I'll, I'll stop there. TV, though, I'd like. TV would be nice on a deserted island. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, with my Vega smoothies and all by myself. And I would need a hammock, too. Yeah, I don't want right. to be there for too long, though, Katie. I like can, a week, and I, I'll I go. Can I can arrange this vacation for you, no problem. <laughs> I'm gonna go crazy though if I'm there for more than like five days and without my my laptop and my phone. So I'll stay there for a few days, but then I, I'm gonna need a jet to come and. All right, no update. problem. The Wellness Wonderland it. jet. Yeah, no problem. I'll pick okay, you right up. Come and collect Got me. Got it. Yeah, we'll scoop you right <laughs> up. <laughs> Uh, oh, this has been so much fun. I have a bunch more I want to ask you, but I'm not worried about it because I know you're going to come back. But my final question that I always ask, I already asked you, so I have a new one because I have this new mini-series called Katie Wonders. So I want to know from you, Natalie, what are you wondering about right now today? You always, yeah, you always really get me on these questions. <laughs> what am I wondering about today? I have been wondering a lot about my dreams. I've been having like crazy visuals in my dreams, which have been very, very cool. So I've been wondering a lot about dream interpretation. And I'm always just wondering about those like big picture 
questions and one of the things I was wondering about in the last, I'm going to give you like the most random things I've been wondering about in no, the last good. I love 48 it. hours. I have wondered about the evolution of people from like the early Neanderthals to where we are today. So there's been, and I looked this up, there's 108 billion people who have walked the planet since the dawn of humanity. So looking at like how we're all connected and like how, how did that even happen? So anyway, that's been like one of the things I've been wondering. And then the other thing, I saw these amazing pictures of Saturn and I started wondering because I was looking out my window what my view would be if I was on Saturn. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm on Saturn right now. This is going to be super cool because I would actually be able to see the rings. And like right now, as I look out over these clouds, there would be these like rings coming in it. Then I was like, but wait, would there be clouds? Would I see the clouds and the rings? And like, what color would the sky be? And then I thought about that for like an hour. Um, and I couldn't get it out of my head. So these are like some of the weird, random things I think about <laughs> throughout the day. Oh my gosh, I love all of that. That is so good. <laughs> now I'm going to be wondering about answer. that too. I'm like taking yeah. that in and thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, like when you look outside, what would that view be if you were on like all these different planets? Cool thing to wonder. Hmm. I'm thinking about it right now. It's blowing my mind. <laughs> this has been so much fun. Thank you so, so much, much for fun. hanging out with me. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This was a blast, and I know Natalie will be back because we're going to be friends forever for, like, 18 billion years, like how many people there are. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love you. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you, everyone, for listening. All right, there you have it. Isn't Natalie McNeil cool? She is so nice. I really, really enjoyed that conversation. I hope you did, too. If you liked it, leave a review on iTunes. If you really want to keep the show going, keep the lights on over here, you can always donate to the show. That would be fantastic. There's a donate button right on my website. It's very easy to do. You can also suggest a guest over there. So if you have someone you would like me to interview or have a conversation with where you can eavesdrop, go ahead and let me know in the form on my website. And make sure you join the Facebook group, sign up for my email list. You know the drill. Oh, and one last reminder, check out the Conquer Club if that sounded interesting to you. If you're an entrepreneur, if you want to be, check out her free course and just, she's awesome. So thank you, Natalie, for coming on the show. Tweet at us both if you like this episode. If you have feedback for this episode, let me know. I love you guys. I will talk to you next week.